Violence against native and indigenous women in the North American continent is an epidemic, one that deserves way more media attention than it gets. According to the National Inquiry into Murdered and Missing Indigenous Women and Girls, published in Canada in 2019, the murder rate of Indigenous women is six times higher than the average rate amongst non-Indigenous women. This is a very broad and complex issue that I want to dedicate an entire episode to, so I won't be discussing much of the report or other inequalities Indigenous women face in this episode. In this episode, I want to discuss one native Canadian woman in particular, one whose life was cruelly taken away from them 10 years ago, and although police have an audio recording of the man most likely responsible for her murder, she and her family have not yet received justice. Let's uncover the unsolved murder of Amber Tuckerow. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Uncover True Crime Podcast. My name is Stephanie and each week we uncover a new unsolved true crime case ranging from unsolved disappearances, unsolved murders, Jane and John Doe cases and suspicious deaths. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at uncover underscore pod and on Instagram at Uncover True Crime Pod. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and other podcast streaming apps. All sources and pictures relating to any of the cases covered on the podcast can be found at our blog at uncovertruecrimepodcast.blogspot.com. If you'd like to recommend a case for us to uncover, please see the case suggestions form in the description of the podcast. Without any further ado, let's uncover the unsolved murder of Amber Tuckerell. Amber Alicia Tuckerell was born on the 3rd of January 1990 and lived in Alberta, Canada, with her son Jacob, who was just over a year old the last time he saw his mother. Amber was said to love singing, once telling her mother that her face would be on billboards someday. Sadly, this would happen, but under very tragic circumstances. I couldn't find out a lot about Amber's life, as all news reports on her centre around her disappearance in 2010 and the eventual discovery of her body in 2012. Amber, her son Jacob and a female friend of Amber's flew from Fort McMurray to Nisqu on the 17th of August 2010 for the purpose of attending a medical appointment, however it seems as though they planned to stay there for a few days. They opted to stay at the Nisku Place Hotel, which was right next to the Edmonton International Airport. The plan was for the trio to head into Beaumont on the 19th, however Amber was eager to experience what the city had to offer, so she decided to go on the evening of the 18th, although it has also been speculated that she intended on meeting another friend in Beaumont. She left the hotel between 7 and 7.30pm and this would be the last time her friend or her son would see her. She would never make it back to the hotel and was officially reported missing on the 20th of August 2010 to the RCMP. The RCMP didn't take her disappearance seriously at first, assuming that she was out partying. They took her personal belongings that she left in the hotel room and on the 4th of September they released a statement to the media saying, quote, We don't have any reason to believe she is in any danger. We know she is in the Edmonton area. Unquote. It is unknown how they knew she was still at Edmonton, as there seems to have been no confirmed sightings of her. 
Shortly afterwards, the RCMP took Amber's name off the list of missing persons, despite there being no confirmed sightings of her, and without having tracked her down. They then destroyed Amber's personal belongings that they had taken from her hotel room. Not only could these items have assisted with their investigation, but it was very disrespectful of them and they had absolutely no right to do this. Amber's mum Vivian had to fight for one month to have her name put back on the missing persons list and although the RCMP now admit that they quote mishandled her investigation in the beginning, Vivian has not accepted their apology and has filed a federal public complaint against Edmonton RCMP. In 2012, Amber's case was handed over to Project Care, a unit within the RCMP that investigates and reviews files of missing vulnerable persons throughout Alberta and Edmonton. On the 29th of August 2012, two years after Amber's disappearance, the RCMP released 61 seconds of audio recorded on the night Amber disappeared. This is the first time the RCMP had released an audio clip to the public as part of an appeal for information. The audio clip is part of a call placed to Amber's phone and apparently the entire call lasted 17 minutes. Police refused to reveal who called Amber that night and how they had obtained the recording, but we now know that her brother called her from prison and that's why the conversation had been recorded. At the time of the phone call, Amber was in an unidentified man's car. It is believed she was trying to hitchhike and had instructed the unidentified man to take her to 50th Street in Beaumont. During the call, it becomes clear that she is doubting whether or not the man is actually driving her towards Beaumont and asks him repeatedly if they're going towards the city or not. Here is the full version of the released audio clip. Where are we by? We're just we're heading south of uh, Beaumont, or north of Beaumont. We're heading north of Beaumont. Yo, where are we going? Just... No, this is a... Are you fucking kidding me? You better not take... You better not take me anywhere I don't want to go. I want to go into the city. Shame. Yo, we're not going in the city, are we? No, we're not. Then where the fuck are these roads going to? 50th Street. 50th Street. Are you sure? Absolutely. Yo, where are we going? 50th Street. 50th Street? 50th Street. East, right? It's a problem. The driver you can hear in the audio has only ever been referred to by the RCMP as a person of interest, not a suspect. The police believe that the driver did not drive north to Beaumont, but instead drove south to rural Leduc County. I would be interested to know how exactly they knew where he was driving based solely off the audio, but I suspect the reason they've only released 61 seconds of the audio is to preserve the integrity of the investigation. Given that we are soon approaching the 10 year anniversary of Amber's disappearance, and police don't seem to be any closer to finding her killer, I hope that in order to raise public interest in the case they will consider releasing more of the audio. Many have speculated whether the driver knew Amber was on the phone or not, but I believe he did, as I doubt the call would have lasted as long as 17 minutes if she wasn't talking to her brother on the other end of the line. 
Also, it probably would have looked strange to other inmates and guards around her brother during the call if he wasn't talking to her at least some of the time. Just a thought. A few times during the recording, you can hear Amber repeating things the driver has said to her, possibly so that her brother is able to hear it too. She questioned where he was taking her and the direction they were going in, and it's likely she repeated the answers he gave her to let her brother know what was going on. A few different women have, independently, gone to the police and named the same man as being the unidentified male heard in the tape, but police have ruled him out as a suspect. This man is a known and convicted sex offender, so it is understandable why people would suspect him. I have not chosen to name him on this podcast because he's been ruled out by police, but if you choose to look into this case yourself, his name will pop up very quickly. Just days after the recording was released, on the 1st of September 2012, horseback riders found remains on a rural property near Leduc County. The remains were identified as being Amber Tuckerell, and it appears as though the release of the audio recording didn't play a part in her remains being found. The RCMP said her death was being treated as suspicious, and they have never publicly stated it as a murder investigation. The most likely explanation for this is due to the condition of Amber's remains. She had to be identified through dental records, meaning her body would have been in an advanced state of decomposition, and from what I was able to gather, they were only able to locate her skull, so it's likely they don't know her cause of death. According to Google Maps, it would have taken 17 minutes to drive from the hotel that Amber was staying at to where her remains were found, which is the exact length of time as the phone call. Also, remember how the police said they believed the man was driving to rural South Leduc County? Well, that's exactly where Amber's remains were found. During my research, I found a post on Reddit from someone who lives in the area where Amber disappeared and where her body was eventually found, and they were able to give us an insight into the roads in the area. Quote, I grew up in the Nisku area. In fact, two range roads over from where the body of Amber and all the other women have been found. Amber is not the only one, unfortunately. Police believe these murders are the work of a serial killer. In between the motel she was picked up to 50th Street, there are no perpendicular gravel roads that would connect. All roads are paved now. He clearly took her down a parallel side road in the opposite direction. This is someone who knows the area and knows exactly where to go. This area is fairly sparsely populated, mostly small acreages and farmland. It takes about 10 minutes to get from this new motel to 50th Street towards Beaumont. I drive that road 3-5 to five times a week, so if the call was 17 minutes long, I strongly believe he was backtracking and heading down random side roads to confuse or disorientate her. There are times when I'm on these roads at 9pm and never see another car until I hit Beaumont, so I have a very easy time believing they could have gone unnoticed in the night on the back roads. I think he drove her down airport road towards 50th, crossed 50th, and then turned south down RR241. It would match the timeline, and RR241 is gravel." As referenced in that person's Reddit quote, many theorise that Amber was the victim of a serial killer, as the remains of four other women missing from Edmonton were found within 8km of each other. The four other women were Katie Ballantyne, who went missing in May 2003 and her body was found July that same year. Dolores Bower, who went missing in May 2004 and wasn't found until April 2015. Edna Bernard, 
who went missing in May 2002, whose body was found the next day. And finally, Corey Ottenbright, who went missing in 2004 and was found in 2015. Katie, Dolores, Edna and Corey all worked as sex workers and were known to frequent the corner of 118th Avenue and 70th Street, which is a red light district a 33-minute drive from where Amber was staying. This corner is also where all four women were last seen. I think it's extremely likely that Katie, Dolores, Edna and Corey were all killed by the same man. However, Amber doesn't seem to fit his pattern as she wasn't a sex worker and wasn't in that specific area when she was picked up. Thomas George Svelka is a suspect in all of their murders and several others and is currently in prison, convicted of killing Teresa Innes, also a sex worker. However, Thomas was in prison at the time Amber disappeared. It may have just been a coincidence that Amber found near all these other women, although the RCMP have not ruled out the serial killer theory, but they know it wasn't Thomas George Felka. As of February 2020, the last publicly known lead in this case happened just weeks ago when a man from Utah took to Facebook accusing his father of being Amber's killer. I'm not going to read the entire post, but I'll sum up what it said. The man claims his father is addicted to meth and suspects that he is connected to several disappearances in Canada, claims to have evidence to prove this, and also says he has submitted all of this to relevant authorities. The only victim he names in the post is Amber Tuckerell and says he is certain that the voice in the audio tape is his father's. He claims his father lived in Canada at the time of Amber's disappearance and he believes his father was involved in several other cases that took place in the 70s, spanning at least five American states. The man writing the post is an author, although he claims in the post that he is not accusing his father in order to sell more books, but that he genuinely believes his father is a violent criminal. He has since taken the post down, as he says his family was receiving threats as a result. The RCMP has publicly stated that they are aware of the post and are treating it like any other tip, although have urged people not to blindly believe the allegations. A police spokesman commented on the post, stating, quote, Investigators determined that many of the names of missing persons files provided to RCMP by the individual have already been solved. We continue to seek information on the case, but caution that erroneous information can have negative effects on the investigation and to the well-being of the family." Unquote. Amber's mother was not made aware of the post until it became public news, which caused her further upset and pain. She stated, quote, She stated, quote, My phone starts beeping, 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 asking, Have you seen this? And I was like, What the heck? I haven't seen nothing. This wasn't the first time something like this has happened. We get hopeful, but at the same time, it's like if this isn't real, it is not fair. It's not fair to my family. Like, I know he's trying to help, don't get me wrong, I appreciate stuff like that, but make sure it's confirmed before they post. Unquote. I was really in two minds on whether to even mention this post and the only reason I'm covering it is because the RCMP have publicly acknowledged it was a tip. Social media is a great tool for spreading awareness on these cases as it only takes one person seeing, hearing or reading about a case for authorities to receive that one tip they need in order to solve the case. Social media has its purpose but so do the police and we should not get them confused. This information belongs in the hands of the authorities, not anyone else. This man has not been arrested or even named as a suspect, but his name will now forever be connected to Amber's case, which, 
if he is innocent, could possibly ruin his life. It doesn't help him or the family or authorities to post this information, so please think twice before going on social media. As much as I truly appreciate people sharing not only my podcast, but the work of other true crime creators in order to raise exposure, I will also always leave contact details for the authorities in all my episodes, so if you have any information on this and any other case, please tell your story to the authorities and let the police do their job. Sadly, If the RCMP had taken Amber's case more seriously from the beginning, we might have more answers or at least more evidence that might help in getting Amber justice. The Edmonton Remand Centre the prison Amber's brother was in when Walter that fateful evening had only started warding calls earlier in the year and if they had not put that policy in place, we wouldn't even have the audio clip as evidence. Amber's son is now living with his grandmother Vivian, who said he is a constant reminder of Amber. Amber's mum said, quote, just the way he looks at me sometimes and the way he stands like his mummy. The way he says words, he says them the way Amber used to. Like Amber had a witty attitude and that's what Jacob has, end quote. Sadly, Amber's dad, Andrew, died in 2014 without ever knowing who killed Amber. I sincerely hope that the rest of our family will one day receive closure and that Amber will receive justice. Amber's son is now 11 and as of the time I'm recording this, Amber's 30th birthday would have been last month. Amber should have been celebrating this with her family, but unfortunately she's not, and the least her family deserve is some closure. If you have any information regarding Amber's murder, or if you recognise the voice in the audio clip, please contact the Edmonton Police Service on 780-423-4567. Or you can contact Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. You can find all pictures and sources relating to this case at uncovertruecrimepodcast.blogspot.com. Please share this episode on social media so we can raise more awareness to Amber's case together. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at uncover underscore pod and on Instagram at uncovertruecrimepod. That's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening and have a good night.